The law of diminishing returns wasn't invented in healthcare, but there are plenty examples of the law of diminishing returns when one looks at healthcare. The principle of the law of diminishing returns was first described by Avedist on Abadian in 1980 in his three-volume publication on quality assurance, because he'd really invented quality assurance in 1966. But what he showed in 1980, and it's reproduced very well in his short book summarising his life's work, called An Introduction to Quality Assurance in Healthcare in 2003, is that as you put more money into healthcare, the benefits increase quickly at first, but then they flatten off. And there are a number of reasons for this. For example, we start treating people who are less severely affected, so the maximum benefit they can get is less. He also showed in 1980 and again in 2003 that if you compared the benefits with the harm that was done, because harm goes up in direct proportion to the amount of resources, because all healthcare does harm, then you got a curve which bent over, didn't just flatten out like the law of dimension returns, it started going down. The added value started decreasing after what he called the point of optimality. Now, very few people have studied this, but this week's paper is a very important paper from the excellent unit at the University of York. And it's called Estimating the Marginal Productivity of the English National Health Service from 2003 to 2012. And the bottom line is that the marginal increase in value from investing £10 million went from £6,381 in 2003 to £14,410 in 2012. So, this is the number of quality you get for £10 million investment. What this study shows is that we need to think of marginal changes. Because we need to ask, well, if we'd invested this £10 million in something else, what would have been the effect? And that something else could have been another health service, or it could have been education, or um, the police force, or some other aspect of public expenditure. For example, they produced very clear information that a 1% increase in NHS expenditure leads to a 1.027% increase in cancer expenditure, and that the cancer mortality would be reduced by 0.36% as a result of a 1% increase in cancer expenditure. Now, interestingly, they've called their measure the health opportunity cost, and this is surely where we need to be moving. We need to be moving to a world in which we start to think about what would happen if we spent this resource on, on other things. Now, this should be the work that people who commission healthcare should be doing, but also people who provide healthcare. Before they appoint another consultant in specialty A, perhaps because a consultant is retired, they should ask, well, yes, I'm sure this person will do valuable work, but what if we invested this resource in a specialist in another specialty? Or in healthcare assistance, or 
more laboratory tests or some other means of spending the same amount of resource. So the key issue is opportunity cost, namely what else would you get if you spent the money in uh, another budget. And this means that we need to think about this at the margin. What we know is we've inherited a huge variation in expenditure on different healthcare problems from 70 years of drift. And there is no right level that we can set. So we need to start thinking at the margins. What would happen if we switched even 5% of money from musculoskeletal disease to respiratory disease or vice versa? There is little evidence that this is happening, but the methods in this paper make us think that this is what we have to do.